Good morning again. You know, you got to be louder because it's really hard to hear you out there, you know. It's, uh, I'm a long way. Good morning again. That's better. That's better. You know, you need to be all in on that, okay? There's some of you who are saying good morning. We're in this all-in series, and i got to confess to you that my sermon uh, team didn't reveal to me until after we had committed to going all in that that was also a Clemson thing, you know. I don't know what that's about. But anyway, some of your football teams are all in. Some of them are struggling, right? Um, I guess the Clemson team uh, had to take it easy yesterday and you know, get to play a short second half, and then Carolina pulled it out. Kentucky, I don't know what that's about. The, we gave up more points than anybody gave up, and we, somehow we still won. But uh, you wonder if the defense and the offense is all in, right? You know, they, they don't quite get it together. But we've been all in about what it means to be a disciple of Jesus, that we are students of Jesus learning how to live our entire lives under the reign and rule of God. The, our entire lives, not just our Sunday lives, not just our devotion times, not just when we serve, but our entire lives under the rule and reign of God. And that's a challenge. That, that's, a, that's a real challenge to go all in in that way. We've been talking about who we are as Christians, as disciples, our identity, how we live our lives and follow the disciplines of being a Christian, prayer, scripture, meditation, fasting, etc. We also talked about who we're with, that we are better together than when we're by ourselves, that we need to have somebody pour into us so we can pour into other people. But being a disciple is also about what we do, that God has called all of us here to do something for the kingdom. I love what Paul wrote in Ephesians chapter 2. He says, for we are God's handiwork, Created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. We are God's handiwork. That means that we are God's masterpiece. And you may be here today and you don't feel like a masterpiece, but God says that you're a masterpiece and you're made to do good works. Now, some of you here are uh, grandparents, some of you are uh, younger parents, and you have a wall or a refrigerator that looks like this. And that's in my office. So when I walk in my office, those are masterpieces. Now, they may not look like a masterpiece to you, except for the Duck Dynasty thing up there. But, uh, but those are some of Harper Grace's first uh, expressions of herself. And uh, I keep those to remind me that uh, she is a work in progress, as am I. And that God has great plans for her, plans to do great things. She was created for good work. I was created for good works, and you were created for good works as well. We are called to be people who do good things for God. We also are called to be salt and light. Now, salt and light, ordinary things we use every day, things that are powerful instruments of change. Now, we know that just a little bit of salt can go a long way. Now, I was surprised this morning when I preached at 8 o'clock that uh, many of those people over there are on a salt-free diet. Because <laughs> when I asked how many of you use salt, very few of them raised their hands. Now, I don't know if they're being honest or if they were just working on that, but how many of you use a little salt, right? Well, you all need to work on that. <laughs> a lot of people in here probably using way too much salt. Because a little bit of salt will go a long way. I tried to get salt out of my diet, and uh, 
not totally, but a little bit. And uh, it's amazing when you eat with somebody who hasn't got into that. It tastes really salty. A little lamp can change an entire space. And today he's calling us to be the light of the world. Not just his disciples, but you and me are called to be the light of the world, to be the salt of the earth. Ordinary people, everyday people, using ordinary things to do extraordinary things. Now, why salt and light? Well, salt in Jesus' day was a preservative. It preserves. Uh, They use it on all their meat to keep them from decaying. Now, I've never yet learned to eat that um, country ham, right? Now, you talk about salty. (laughs) You know, I usually get one of those packs during Christmas and always give away the uh, country ham because I just can't go there with that salt. But it preserves meat from decaying. Salt also flavors. You know, you can get a great steak or a great uh, cut of fish, and a little salt will go a long way to enhancing the flavor that's already there. There's a lot of good things in our world that whenever God touches them, they get a lot better. And then salt also stings. You know, salt can sting. You know, you've cut your hand and uh, uh, gone into the ocean or, or got some salt on it, and it irritates, not to hurt, but really to heal. It can bring healing. Light, it penetrates a dark room, it guides, it exposes danger and harm. But you and I have been called to be salt and light. And how do we do that? I think one of the ways we need to realize that we're salt and light is when we learn how to use influence. Everybody in this room has got some influence. What is influence? It's the power to affect how someone develops. Once you move by what Suzanne Fitz talked about, that God has given her the power to help that young man develop so that he doesn't end up in prison. I wanted to give a shout out to our teachers in the room and our administrators. I saw Dr. Randall Gary walk in earlier, one of our school superintendents, uh, men and women that are committed to developing children, changing the way they think, changing the way they act, being salt and light. Now, every day you and I affect people with our attitudes and our actions and our words. What kind of salt are you? What kind of light are you with your actions and your attitudes and your words? You know what I'm talking about when you're sitting on 378 in traffic, right? Or on I-20 in traffic, and uh, you're wanting to go somewhere and you can't get anywhere. How's your light? How's your salt? How's that working for you? You know, I've learned to, the Lord has convicted me that when I'm sitting in traffic that I need, don't need to get upset. I need to be thankful because the people in traffic are you guys. <laughs> it's all the people moving to Lexington uh, who need to find a church and need to find some more light and salt in their life. So God has said to, said to me, just be thankful. These are the people that I'm calling you to reach. You know, it's important to understand what influence is not. Sometimes we make the mistake in thinking that influence is about position, It's about power. It's about popularity or even wealth. Now, God can use all of those things as salt and light. But don't sell yourself short if you are lacking those things in your life. Because I believe that salt and life, salt and light, is all about being a difference maker. And that all of us in this room can make a difference. That God has given all of us influence to make a difference. 
That God wants all of us to flavor the world to make it better. That God wants all of us to heal the world and not hurt it. To heal the world and not hurt it. Sometimes Christians, we irritate the world in the wrong way. We're perceived sometimes as being too judgmental or too hypocritical. And to be salt means that we love people. We want to reach people. We want to help people. We don't want to condemn people. We want to reach out to them in the love of Jesus. Let the Holy Spirit convict them. Let the Holy Spirit change them. We're called to be a difference maker. And there are so many of you in this church that are difference makers. You know, I could spend hours talking about the people over the last 23 years that have made a difference by being involved in this church in many different ways. I want to share with you a story today, uh, uh, a man in our church who is committed to making a difference. He's committed to being salt and light. He's growing in his faith in tremendous ways. Uh, he serves on our board of trustees. I want you to listen to his story about how God is calling him to make a difference. Watch this. Yes, my name is uh, Chris Hutniak. Uh, my wife, uh, Melissa, and our kids have been a member here for a little over six years, I believe. And uh, we love it here. We feel like it's an extended family of our own. My wife and I, we were on our way home with our son from a, a soccer game in uh, Sand Hills. And, uh, as we were on the way home, a, uh, there was an accident in front of us. We pulled over right away and uh, walked up to the vehicle and uh, found the lady in the driver's side was really concerned. Her, her husband wasn't there. So I started searching around. I found him on the, on the hillside and I stayed with him and uh, saw him pass in front of me. And it was really emotional, obviously. And uh, when the first responders came and they, they did everything they could, and, uh, but it was, it was too late. And I kind of knew at that moment, I was like, well, seeing that connection with the officers and the, and the EMS and all those uh, people trying to help this man and, and the look on their face and things of that nature, you know, I, I knew I needed to do something. And I've taken on this role of riding along with officers because I feel it's important to try to bridge the gap uh, between uh, you know, their experiences and what they may feel or think and, and, and so on and so forth. And they see a lot of things that, you know, people don't see and, and there's a lot of stuff that, that happens that isn't recorded and uh, and also you know just being straightforward with them you know and it, I may not have the answers that they need or, or whatnot but but sometimes just listening to them speaks volumes you know, a lot of times they may ask a certain question or whatnot and, uh, and I'm not a pastor you know but uh, we all have the Bible and access to it and uh, and I point them to that you know this is this is what God's telling us this is you know, maybe why this happened or, or that happened or, you know, just try to give them some insight. And, and like I said, you know, before, just to give them a little bit of light in a, in a dark place. Um, as a business owner, I have an open door policy with all my employees. They can call 24 seven, um, you know, and, and, and sometimes it, uh, you know, it's, a, it's work related, but sometimes it, it's not, you know, there's some very personal things that are happening with them. You know, I've had uh, some that were, were on the, of suicide, others, you know, with uh, just wanting to, like, to get a divorce, and others with financial issues and, and things of that nature, but just trying to, to talk to them and, 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 and help give them some guidance, you know, and, and let them know that things will be okay. And, uh, and again, pointing them back to the Bible, you know, these are not my truths, these are God's truths. 
and, uh, and just trying to show them that, I mean, whether it's, uh, you know, with my employees or with the officers, it gives me the opportunity to you know, humble myself to them, be straightforward, and just be the, the salt and the light, you know, and, and just show them, you know, that there's love out there and, and try to help them in, in any way I can. And what I hope to accomplish is I want people to uh, see Christ in me and, uh, you know, through my actions and through what I do and, and for them to see that and know that it's okay to step outside of, of your comfort zone and know that, you know, one of the biggest things that uh, for me is, um, and the things that I say is, if he leads you to it, he'll lead you through it. You know, I think that's very important for people to remember that, you know, God gives us so many things and we're not alone. He's, he's with us, whether you're riding in a squad car or you're, you're helping, you know, an employee out or a neighbor or friend in a difficult time. I mean, you've got to put us all on that same road and that path to come together to try to help. And for me, when I stand before God, you know, my, my biggest thing is I want to hear, uh, well done, good and faithful servant. And God's people said, amen. You know, Chris has not been to seminary. Uh, he has not been formally trained. He's just wanted to be salt and light and making a difference in the world. On Labor Day weekend, Trevor, I believe, preached in this room and talked about four men who wanted to make a difference for their friend, their paralyzed friend. So they, they carried this uh, paralyzed friend to the house that Jesus was teaching in. And they took him up to the roof and, uh, because they couldn't get in the house. And they, and they cut a hole in the roof and lowered him down into the room so Jesus could change his life. You talk about being salt and light. How did they make a difference? How does Chris Sutton make a difference? How does Suzanne Fitz make a difference? How do you make a difference? Because they cared enough to get involved. They cared enough to get involved. They cared about the things that Jesus cares about. They're willing to do whatever it takes. If you think about cutting a hole in a roof, that's pretty intense. And I would have just imagined that there were some people that were not happy about that. So whenever you make a difference, when you care enough to get involved, when you're willing to do whatever it takes, some people aren't going to like that. And they're going to push back against it. But Jesus calls us to be salt. He calls us to be light. He calls us to make a difference. And when we're a difference maker, we begin to reveal Christ. People begin to see Jesus Christ in us, the character of Jesus, the person of Jesus shining through us because he is the source of the light. He is the source of the salt. It's been beautiful to watch that full moon over these last two or three days over the lake and over Lexington. And that, that moon reflects the sun to a dark world. Just as you and I put our focus on Jesus, we reflect him into a dark world. A difference maker reveals Christ, but also a difference maker dispels darkness and dispels decay. And this is where it gets really, really hard to be all in. You know, Jesus calls us to be salt and light, and we would prefer to be honey and shade. You know, I'd like to be some honey and shade for people. I don't want to really disturb anything. I don't really want to say anything difficult, we think. But that's not what Jesus called us to do. He said, I want you to be salt and light to preserve the world from getting worse. You know, a lot of times we get so discouraged by the world, but the reality is, is that you and I are called to make it better. That we are to be the salt of the earth to preserve the, wor the world from getting worse. Now, I would just want to say to you this morning that to dispel darkness, 
to stop the decay, we Christians need to be distinct and not look just like the world. Can I get a second to that? That's hard to do. You know, if we're not as distinguished from the world, we'll be extinguished by the world. If we're not careful, we'll become so attached to the values of the world, the world will begin to change us. We've got to be different. Not to be judgmental, not to be holier than thou, but to look like Jesus. And Jesus looks different than our world in his love and his compassion and his ministry and his care. You know, salt can sting. When it gets into a cut, it can hurt. But it's really there to heal. I believe when we speak the word of God that it sometimes stings us. But that sting can lead to conviction, which can lead to transformation. But let's not be surprised when people don't receive the light very well. When people don't receive the salt because it stings and it convicts. I'm concerned that we worry so much about being relevant that we compromise the truth. We want to fit in so we compromise what we believe. And Jesus warns us in this passage. He says, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. And you don't light a lamp and hide it under a bowl. You need to step out and speak out. I love these words from Jeremiah 15, 19 from the Living Bible. The Lord replied, stop this foolishness and talk some sense. <laughs> that, that's applicable today, is it not? Stop this foolishness and talk some sense. Only if you return to trusting me will you, will you continue as my spokesman. And then this, these words. You are to influence them, not let them influence you. Now, this is not an us against them thing, but it's us saying we want to be what Christ calls us to be, and that is to be the light of the world, to be salt of the earth, there's a famous saying that says the only thing needed for evil to prosper, for a darkness to spread, is for good people to do what? Nothing. <laughs> to do nothing. Sit on the sidelines and do nothing. Sit on the sidelines and say nothing because you're afraid that the truth might sting and the truth might convict. Let me tell you, Jesus spoke the truth with grace and love. And what happened to him? He got crucified on a cross because people didn't want to hear the truth. And we live in a world today where people don't want to hear the truth. I believe that Mount Horb is called to be salt and light in this community and in our culture and in our denomination. Most mainline denominations, including the United Methodist Church, are in decline. And why are they declining? I believe that they're declining because they're not being salt and light and they're in a very they struggle for their very souls. And there's a lot of data, debates about morality within those mainline denominations. A lot of it centers around sexual morality. But I believe the real battle is much more basic than that. I believe the real battle is about relativity. And the real battle is the struggle over the authority of Scripture. Is this Bible the real Word of God? Or is it some ancient book that needs to be updated? As culture changes, America 
the land that we live in, and sometimes being led by a Supreme Court is moving in a leftward direction, denying and dismissing biblical standards. And many mainline denominations have already compromised biblical truths in order to answer the cries of the culture. Thankfully, the United Methodist Church has not yet bowed that knee. As we think about being salt and light to the earth and salt and light to the culture and salt and light to the denomination, I would tell you that one of the most powerful weapons that we have, one of the most powerful lights that we can shine is prayer. Amen? Prayer has changed this church. It's been a catalyst for much of the change, much of the blessings that we've enjoyed. And I would ask you, as people of prayer, to pray for the United Methodist Church, to pray for our own bishop, Jonathan Holston. Bishop Holston will be with us on October the 16th to preach here in this room on, at the 9 o'clock service, to do a service of dedication. Then he'll preach also at 1045 in the sanctuary. I would just ask you to pray for him as he gives leadership to our church, that he would stand for the truth of Scripture. You know, Mount Horeb is the largest uh, worship, has the largest worship attendance of any United Methodist Church in South Carolina. And that's not something we brag about because God has done all that. God does the heavy lifting around here. But there are many United Methodist churches in South Carolina that would love for God to do among them what he is doing here. And I believe that we have a responsibility to be salt and light. Yesterday, we had a district United Methodist Women's event here at our church that women came from all over Columbia to have a, a, a session here. They ate right over here to my right uh, in this room and enjoyed a great time of fellowship. Us sharing with them what we're doing as a vibrant, growing church, sharing salt and light. I would just say to you that we need to stand and pray for this church and pray for our denomination. I would ask you to pray for Trevor and I. We are going to be uh, in Nashville on Wednesday and Thursday a meeting with Wesleyans from all over the world uh, at a conference called The New Room. We're going to pray how we as a Methodist movement, a Wesleyan movement, can be much more effective as salt and light, bringing revival and renewal through the Wesleyan movement. On October the 7th, I'm going to be in Chicago meeting with uh, over 2,000 other United Methodist leaders on how we can be salt and light as a denomination. What does the future of the Methodist church look like? And I want Mount Hoare to be a part of setting that future. I want us to be salt and light to our denomination. You know, those of you in leadership know that, that pretty much every United Methodist Church has two books. We have our discipline, which I don't normally carry with me. Uh, it is not very well read, uh, but I need, when I need it, I can go get it. And this is our rule book. This is what we uh, make our decisions on as far as polity and decisions in our church. And then we have a Bible. We have a discipline in a Bible. Let me just say to you clearly this morning that if this book ever takes the place of this book, we're in trouble. Amen? That this book needs to interpret this book. And this is what I stand by and what we as a church. This is a source of our salt. This is a source of our light. God's word spoken among us. Now, in order for us to make a difference, to use our influence, we've got to infiltrate the culture. With, with the love of God, with the light of God. And light by nature infiltrates, and salt by nature imparts flavor. But oftentimes we struggle being salt and light. I would suggest some reasons why we struggle. One is I think we feel inadequate. 
that we don't feel like we know enough. Whenever you were watching Chris, Chris's video, you, some of you were thinking, I can never do that. I can never ride around with first responders and share scripture with them. Sure you can. How can you do that? Because the Holy Spirit will be with you. The Holy Spirit will give you the words to say. The Holy Spirit will remind you what to do. You are called to be salt and light, to infiltrate. Some of you think you don't know enough or you're not good enough to point others to Jesus. I want you to remember that when Jesus gave this command, he gave it to 12 disciples who were young, uneducated, and powerless. They had no influence. They had no connections. They had no education. They had no training. But he expected them to go and change the world. He expected them to go and be the salt of the earth. He expected them to be the light to the world. And in this room here today, there is a, a, a thousand times more influence in this room. There are thousands and thousands of times more resources in this room. Almost, I would say all of you here are, are, are educated many, many more times than those 12 disciples. But when those disciples began to reflect Jesus and began to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit and stand upon the truth, even though it would cause them to lose their life, they didn't compromise, they didn't back down. The authority said, you can't speak that anymore. You can't speak about Jesus. You can't tell people about hell and heaven. What, what happened to them? They got arrested, they got beaten, and eventually they, got, they all died a martyr's death. But did those 12 men, 11 men that grew to be 120, that grew to be thousands, did they change the world? Absolutely. You and I would not be here today if they had not said yes to Jesus. So don't give me any excuses today why you can't be salt and light. God has called you and God has equipped you to be salt and light. And one of the reasons that we struggle being salt and light is we ignore our relationship with God. We don't spend enough time with him so we can't reflect him. We don't spend enough time. So I would encourage us all to take more seriously our time with God so that we can become, begin to reflect him in our lives, that, that, that we can begin to speak the truth with love and grace to people. But also I want to say that as we come together as a church and we grow deeper in our faith and community and in small groups and hold each other accountable, we need to make sure we don't isolate ourselves from others. You know, salt does no good if it remains in a salt shaker. Light does no good if it stays under a bowl. And I would say that every small group, every class needs to be salt and light. All of us need to do that. You know, we need to have an outward focus in this church. That's what's made this church what it is today. It's not been an inward focus. It's been an outward focus. You know, Lynn and I were convicted by Nick's sermon and teaching on small groups on what we were supposed to do in a small group. We were part of a small group for eight years. And we loved our small group. It was a great small group. We got along wonderful. We had a good fellowship. We knew, we, everybody knew all the stories. And it was really good. Uh, we had a great time. And, uh, but Lynn and I would leave our neighborhood and drive to our small group. And, and houses were being built all around us. New people moving in all around us. And after listening to Nick's teaching, I was convicted uh, that we needed to leave our small group and start a new small group in our neighborhood. Now, that was a little bit painful, uh, breaking off those, uh, that, that, that small group, and, and it was challenging. Uh, and they forgave us eventually, I think, uh, for, for doing that. But, but, but God's done some amazing things. And we partnered with neighbors right next door to us, the Kuhn family, and we host a small group at their house 
Uh, and now we have seven, eight couples that are coming to that small group. All, most of them live in our neighborhood, which is kind of cool. Uh, the, other, uh, the, the, the remaining small group has now formed two new small groups. And so the, this one small group has become three small groups. And that's how we infiltrate the culture. I would love that every class in our church, every two or three years becomes a new class or two new classes, or three new classes. That every small group in our church would become two or three or four. That's how we infiltrate. That's how we are salt and light to the world. We can't isolate. we got to be intentional. I love what Jesus said. He says, you are like a city set on a hill. That's intentionality. You know, in Jesus' day, cities were built on hilltops for protection, but also to be a light. That, that they were made out of white limestone usually, and, and the sun's rays would reflect. And so someone wandering it lost in, in the wilderness could see a, a glimpse of, of, of a city on a hill where there could be refreshment and help, protection. At night, the, the uh, moon would reflect off the walls, or the, the lamps that were lit would reflect, and people could find the city. You see, when we let our light shine, it makes it easier for people to find God. That we're to be a light so people can find God. Now, how I believe that God in 1894 knew this was coming, that he intentionally placed us on this corner of Old Cherokee and Fox Glen Road. I believe he's, he's intentionally placed you where you are to be salt and light. He's put you in that neighborhood for a reason. He's put you at that place where you work for a reason, and he wants you to be salt and light. And he wants you to leave your neighborhood sometimes and, and go into the world and be salt and light and make a difference for him and his kingdom. You know, you may be the only Christian in your family. God's put you there for a reason. You may be the only Christian in the workplace. God's put you there for a reason. You may be the only Christian in your class, on your team, but God's put you there for a reason. Let me give you three things about being intentional with your influence, about being salt in life. We need to realize, folks, our influence, that God has given us incredible opportunities. God has given us amazing experiences. He's given us talent. He's given us abilities. He's given us passions. He's given us uh, uh, resources to be an influence. Everything you and I have is being given so that we can be salt and light. But how much of us, how many of us keep that for ourselves and think this is all mine? No, it's yours and mine to share with the world. You need to mobilize your influence. You need to get mobile. You need to take your influence on the road, into your neighborhood, at the workplace, into the class. Now, I mentioned prayer. Prayer is such a great way to make an influence by praying for your neighbors, praying for your coworkers, praying for your family. Praying for the people you come into contact with. You know, a great way to be salt and light is to ask the person that uh, is waiting on your table. And I, and I know that you want to find out their name and a great way, and I needed to start doing a better job of this, but say, uh, uh, Jim, thank you for waiting on me tonight. Uh, is there anything I can pray about you, pray for you about? And the times that I've done that, uh, people have always said, well, you know, I'm going through a difficult time right now. Uh, yeah, how did you, well, I really appreciate you asking I've, had, I've, I've never had anybody say, no. No, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Everything's good. But then, then you actually just say, can I say a prayer with you right now? And then you pray for them. You know, it's one thing to pray for people. I challenged my men's prayer group to pray with people. I, I love leaving prayer, uh, prayers on people's answering machine. 
You know, I get a, I get a, I get a text or email, somebody's going through a tough time and, and I call them and I get a voicemail. I love to leave a prayer there because it just kind of stays there for a while. You know, we're called, just, it's a simple way to be salt and light is to pray with people. It's to, it's to uh, be a part of serving. It's part of the after-school program. It's a part of Bible school. It's a part of becoming a mentor for student ministry here. There, there's so many ways you can get involved. Uh, we mobilize our influence when we take a stand for the truth. There, there, there are times that you and I need to stand up for the truth. There are times when we need to walk into a room and people stop talking because they know that you are a believer. Those are awkward moments, aren't they? When I walk in the room and, and, and people get quiet, <laughs> and I wonder, well, what were they talking about? Or they start telling a story, I, I, you know, I, I can't tell the story, the pastor's here. Seriously? God's been there the whole time, right? You've been there, right? You know? But, but, but we need to, we, it, it's, it's great. I think it's a good thing that, that we want to be flavor to the world, that people recognize that, hey, these people stand for something. And whenever somebody tells us something about somebody that we don't need to hear, we don't repeat it. That's how we be salt and light and flavor to the world. We tell our stories. We exercise generosity. You know, it's amazing the generosity that has enabled this church to do what it's doing. And, and there are times that generosity can be an, an enormous amount of salt and light. You know, God has blessed us with a lot bigger salt shaker in this, in this campus, a lot bigger light tower. And because you've made it possible, we're reaching almost 30 to 40% more people since we opened this facility. Salt and light that many of you have helped make possible. And then I would say to you finally this morning is multiply your influence. Multiply your influence through getting involved in a ministry, getting involved in a mission to help more people and to bring more people to Jesus. Help more people and bring more people to Jesus. I, I can say that's really the two reasons that Mount Horb exists. We exist here to help people and help people meet Jesus. I believe that every small group exists to help people and to help more people meet Jesus. I believe that you and I are to go out from this place today to help people and to help people meet Jesus. And sometimes that means we got to speak the truth into people's lives. We got to share with them our stories and what God has done for us. So the challenge for us is to be salt and light, to make a difference in this world. You know, I believe that God is glorified most when we use our influence to speak for those who have no influence, to speak for the poor, to speak for the lost, to speak for the neglected, to speak for the orphans, to speak for the homeless, to speak for the helpless, those who can't speak for themselves. And you're going to run into people this week that don't have a voice. But for Jesus Christ, you can be their voice. You can make a difference in their life by being light and salt. There's a story that happened in World War II where Elmer Bidner talks about in his book a bombing run over the German city of Kassel. And the B-17 they were flying in took some flack and they were hit. And a 20-millimeter shell went through their fuel tank, but it didn't explode. And they made it safely back to base and they were amazed. And they went to the crew chief and says, hey, can you get that shell? Because ha, I'd love to have that as a souvenir. He says, you're not going to believe this, but there wasn't just one shell in your fuel tanks. There were 11. 11 shells that didn't explode in your fuel tank. But you can't have them because Army intelligence has picked them up because they want to know why they didn't explode. 
And what they found out was is that when they took the shells apart, they had no explosives in them. And the shells were empty except for one shell had a note, a rolled up note. It was written in Czech. You see, the Germans had, had made the Czechs slaves and had, had them work in the munition factories. And these particular slaves working in the munition factor, factory wrote a note, this is all we can do for now. They had not been putting explosives in the shells. And I'm sure those men and women that fought were thankful. You may think, there's not much I can do. But will you do what you can do right now? Will you do what you can do right now? Will you be salt? Will you be light? Will you let Jesus Christ reflect from you to the world? Let me pray with you. Gracious God, I thank you that Jesus Christ was all in. He uh, gave his life on a cross so our sins could be forgiven. And I pray, Father God, that we would go all in with you. Lord God, I pray for that person right now that's in darkness, that feels hopeless, and that if, that if they would look to you and let your light shine in their heart, they can be a different person today. And Father God, I pray that every class and every small group that meets in this church would go and make a difference and go be salt and light. That every one of us, wouldn't it be amazing, Father God, if, 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 if 2,000 of us left here today and we're committed to being salt and light where we live, where we work, where we play, making a difference for you. Use us, Lord God, to change the world. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.